tickets. Snubs. I don't like Hamilton. I don't like you. All right, ticket snubs, episode five. If you guys hear chaos, it's my dog. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, he's going through a tunnel. He, um, wants, he wants to speak. You know, I'm okay. just imagining there being no no dog and John's just blowing into the mic really perfectly. <laughs> but I cannot list. confirm or deny such accusations. <laughs> Ooh, um, welcome back to Ticket Snubs. This is episode five. We are joined again by our lovely cast. We have John, Giffy Gafardo, and his dog. Woof. Woof woof. We have Cam. Hey. Uh, we have me, PJ. We have uh, Rima. Pee That's enough. <laughs> and then we have Andre, oh. of course. All right. Today's episode, we're going for, I don't know why I'm not as energized today. I was right about now. to say. Understandable. Kind of Flash players got outed for pedophilia. Yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of just feeling chill right now. Today's episode is going to be two very not chill movies. Pulp Fiction presented by Andres and Kill Bill Volume 1 presented by Cam. Both Tarantino classics, both absolutely amazing movies. I do not know what we're going to do with this one. It's going to be hard. Uh, (laughs) That's what she said. Uh, I I knew that was coming. I knew it. That's I just also walked, what she said. Walked right uh, into that as one. As normal, the five That's categories are going to be plot slash characters, acting, technical, custom category, which is um, feet, which is feet, <laughs> and then of course the lasting impact of the film. Uh, but before we get into that, we are going to discuss the our recommendation from the last episode, which is from Rima. Rima. Okay, so my movie was Skate Kitchen. Um, I think it was directed by Crystal Mose, Moza, I don't know, it has two L's. So it's basically about this uh, group of female skaters who are actually like, it's like a legal civ, um, but they're actually called Skate Kitchen. And better. This girl mm. comes from, comes from a kind of broken family, um, and she's... Can you let me do sorry, what I need I, to I do? Had, <laughs> I had to. I just hate Long Island. Oh, oh um, so she's from Long Island and she lives with her single mother who's very conservative and against her skating and stuff. And then she constantly sneaks out to New York City where she meets with the skate kitchen and they basically start skating together. And it's a whole story about friendship. And then she, there's like a, they're just a group of girls. And then Camille, the main girl, she's like, hey, um, I'm like one of these guys who is not good for me because my best friend was messed up. Sorry, my dog's pointing into the mic. I thought that was a fart. I thought somebody was farting into their mic. It's how my dog breathes. I literally was about to be like, that is so rude. (laughs) He just key hopped on my lap and he's just oinking into the mic. Oinking? Oh yeah, my dog does that too. Yeah, that's that's how he breathes. He is an abomination of nature. I'll go back to the part where where, um, Camille falls in love with a guy. But yeah, she falls, she gets Jayden with this Smith. guy called Devin, who is literally Jaden Smith. So pretty. Um, I, okay, and, I, have, I, have, I have to say things about that. And then, we'll and then everyone's like, everyone's like, everyone's like, that's bad. Leave Camille. And then they all make up in the end. So true. Oh first my words on this one. I called first yeah, words. PJ. Yes, he did. I'm excited for PJ. Okay. I like to, I like to review. So, 
I, I made two reviews for this movie. The first one, at about 9 minutes 41 seconds into the film, I gave it half a star. At the end of it, I gave it two stars. I was like, you know what? Would I recommend it to other people to watch? No. Did I think it was a pretty <laughs> movie? Yeah. I no. like the characters a little bit sometimes. <laughs> um, skateboarding's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I'll give it that. The soundtrack was overbearing and very obnoxious. I did not like it that yeah, much. I completely agree. Completely. I can't agree with that more. When Young Dung when Young Dumb and Broke came on, I I literally sighed. I was like, oh my okay. god. They yeah. looked up teenage songs. But my biggest problem with this movie is I had this problem before the movie even started. I didn't understand the context of it. I will now pull up a review from June 18th, 2020, written by Letterboxd user Raymama. <laughs> I can attest to this. Long Island is basically New Jersey. As a proud Suffolk County resident of Long Island, New York, I can say with full certainty that Long Island is not New Jersey. They are two very different things. Have you heard of anyone ever say, oh man, I could really go for some New Jersey pizza right now. <laughs> no, you don't. You go for oh some old-fashioned New Jersey bagels. Or let's go hit the New Jersey beach. No! <laughs> it's, Long Island, it's inherently better than New Jersey. Oh my god. And you guys need to get through your thick cinemaphile whatever skulls that they're two different things they are i have never been more disrespected in my life in the 18 hulu film skate kitchen well uh so that that's that's why i didn't like this movie okay i will i will talk about why i did not like this movie and why i thought the night was way better so, um, at first, I was very into the movie. I was like, okay, this is a pretty cool coming-of-age style, you know, movie. Um, it shot very well. New York is photographed incredibly well. The use of focus was fantastic, and the colors really pop. And then, then the, the, the story happened, and I, I shit you not, the first time when Camille meets up with the skate kitchen, it is it feels like the most rushed and shoehorned dialogue scene to introduce everybody. It, it just it feels like it had to be there instead of organically being part of the film. And then, oh, wait, can I cut you off for yeah, a second? Yeah, yeah, it's fine. He didn't comment and please go fuck yourself. <laughs> On, the <review. laughs> On the review. Oh my god. Yeah. Wow. I love that. Uh, I've been waiting to send that one until after I finished. <laughs> okay, um, oh yeah, so then they, they skate and then my main issue with this movie is that for the first half, it doesn't really have a... It, well, okay, it has a plot, but then it just abandons everything and goes compl- in, like, this very forced direction. So the stuff with the mom and how she conflicts with the skate kitchen I thought was very interesting. A little bit too much like mid-90s, but it could have been something, you know, fresh and uh, original. But then, you know, she just completely yeets out of the movie for, like, what, an hour and a half, maybe? Well, and- she's got to save Wolverine's what? daughter. Skate Kitchen Skate Kitchen came before mid-90s. They were the same year, so. I think. So I can't say that they're yeah. copying because they were in production probably the were same they? time. Were they? No, well, wait, mid-90s is 2018. This yeah, 2018. one was 2019. 2019? 
Oh. Oh, yeah. I said whoops. No, oh, no. Really? My little rant. Oopsie. No. Escape Kitchen is also 2018, by the way. Is it? My Hulu said yeah. 2019. No. Huh. No, it's 2018. Hulu is wrong. Yeah, they're both 2018. 2018. Yeah, so um, I, I can't say that. Anything I, said. Yeah, I can't say one of them is a rip off of the other because they're probably both in production at the same time. So they're both, like, you know, independently. But um, what I can say is that. PG, shut up. Sorry. PJ, shut up. Sorry. Sorry. All right. So <laughs> the stuff with the mom was interesting, but then it got abandoned, and then it just becomes completely plotless for another like forty minutes. It's just them skating. I mean, I'm not into skate culture, so I didn't really get much from watching them skate. It's impressive that there weren't any, any doubles and they actually skated, but that I mean didn't really didn't really get much from it. And then the man with the red hair is introduced. The most distracting part of the film. Jaden Smith, <laughs> the Shane Dawson killer himself. He's so pretty. I thought he was yeah. incredibly distracting. Is he though? He is. <laughs> yes, I love him. So I thought the whole stuff okay. with Jaden Smith and how Camille conflicts with the skate kitchen with that was super forced in and inorganic. And I just thought his appearance and his presence was very like shoehorned in as just to get a big name actor. He didn't really fit his character. I just saw Jaden Smith. And that's why I think this movie is a five out of ten, and mid nineties is is a superior film. Okay, here's my short review of it. I liked it. I've always been I've been following Skate Kitchen for a while, so I was excited for the movie and I enjoyed it. Oh wait, way more real? than yes, that's the Skate Kitchen. That's really yeah, the actual skating and... like um group. Yeah, <laughs> they, they, they actually know that. Um, yeah, I was about to say they had they started their HBO show in May and it got really? renewed for a second season. Yeah, I need huh. to watch it, but yeah. Yeah, I liked it way more than mid nineties, probably just because there were you know it was centered around women, so and women. So you're saying you're sexist? You know, no, just ugh, boys are annoying. See, I, was I hated it because they were women. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> what you know, if it's being recorded. <laughs> Uh, like, you know what? I don't want any jokes taken out of context. Yeah. I'm only joking. Men are okay. But well, I just... I, I could Both relate to it more. I could relate to it more because <laughs> it was centered around women. That's fine. So I like that. That's it. fair. Yeah. True. I just thought Mid-90s was much more technically proficient in terms of what it wanted to do. And it felt more real to me. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't skate, so I don't. I'm not really like that intimate with the culture. But it's just mid '90s has a better. It's more accessible to someone who doesn't skate because it's at the heart of it. It's just a very, it's a very universal. I agree. Story. I agree with that. I think I was able to understand it more unless you're like following them or because it goes right into the whole skate culture type thing. So I guess a lot of people would have been thrown off by it and was like, "Whoa, what the fuck?" Um, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I did not enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, I figured that you guys like. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, basically just backing up everything you guys said. Um, I don't even think mid '90s is all that anything special. Um, but if you're regarding both these films as coming of age films, mid '90s is so far superior and actually had something to do and say. I felt like this movie was just an hour forty-five. First of all, way overly long than it needed to be. Yeah, it an was hour and forty-five minutes. Poorly paced. Of literally nothing no one learned anything and it was just forced conflict the entire time my biggest issue with the movie was every single time a potential issue came up that would conflict the characters relationships it was immediately dismissed 
or it just didn't matter at all. Whereas mid-90s, you felt the consequences to every single one of their actions, and you felt the character develop through his actions. Whereas in this, nothing happened the entire movie. <laughs> and that was it. it was, oh, you're sleeping with my boyfriend? Oh my god, we haven't talked in like a year, <laughs> but you know, I'm gonna be salty about it. Let's, let's have that be the main conflict that drives our entire friendship worked up throughout the whole movie to go away. And that, the, the blonde lesbian girl is so bad at acting. She's I'm sorry so if any of you her. liked her, but from the first <laughs> moment she started talking in the beginning of the movie, I was like, uh-oh. Oh, yeah, that and was just, just a very cringeworthy line. Worse, the whole, worse, whole, whole, yeah, and then she got dialogue. so much green Ugh. time and so much, like, it was just, I don't know, I wasn't a fan. But I, I started off thinking about giving it a four, and at, at, at best, I thought it was a four, and at worst, I was thinking a two, and I settled with a three out of ten. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Rayma, I liked Skate Kitchen. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> After all of that. I all appreciate right. the recommendation. I just, it wasn't No, for me. no, I literally, I gave it a three stars out of five. I You had it at a four, you liar. No. I... Yeah, no, I got that off first, but I was like, uh, and then I rewatched it and I was like, eh. So, um, I do think that mid-90s is... Um, the, I was about to say hotter. I heard that. <laughs> the only scene I liked really a lot in Skate Kitchen was the scene where they were in front of the the big building and the, the two guys State, in the tuxedo yeah. came out to tell them to go away. Yeah, that was oh, really no, good. That, I liked scene. that a lot. I liked um, the scene where she was being tricked that, in front of the Empire State Building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that scene was really good. And okay, I don't know if my joke made sense before because the mom is the same person that plays the mom in Logan, right? Oh yeah, I, I figured. Because because when you when you said she disappeared half the movie, I was like, oh. oh yeah, she's too busy trying to save Wolverine's daughter. But I thought she was annoying. <laughs> there was one shot yeah, I don't know. Those where, are really my where biggest Camille points. walks in, and then it just the camera pans out, and you see the edge of her mom's just like. Just flat face, and I just started dying laughing. It was so funny. <laughs> but like, I know what you're talking all, all about. of the characters in mid-90s are not good people, but you like them. There is a lot of likability to all of them. Here, these people are not necessarily good people, but you don't like any of them because they're just douchebags. Yeah, like, mid-90s, you at least like, get the behind them and you understand. In this, they were just... I didn't like a single person. I thought the main girl was kind of hot, but that was really it. Well, <laughs> like anybody else. Yeah, Camille is okay. so pretty. I just thought they were okay. annoying by the end of it. They were just grating. Alright, is that all we have to say about Skate Kitchen? Oh, wait, can I say one more thing? I'm sorry. Yes, go. Um, I hated the soundtrack. I thought it, mm -hmm. I hate when it was obnoxious. Tell you, I hate when movies tell you how to feel. I want to have a natural reaction to whatever I'm watching, but when the musical score is so overbearing and you're watching it over montages of these people skating, you're like, oh, you're supposed to feel sad or emotional because this girl is learning. She's becoming a whammon. Like, I don't care. <laughs> like, there was, I, I want was to it? feel what I want to feel without the music telling me how to feel. That okay. scene where she was like packing up and leaving, there was like this song, I was listening to the lyrics and they were talking about like backing it up and I was like, <laughs> this whole she's leaving okay, her mom. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. you just gotta back it up when you pack or packing it up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Is that is that all we have for Skate Kitchen? Yeah, that's about it. All Sorry right. For <laughs> <So>. <clears throat> all right. So. Oh. Oh, I heard oh. that. Oh. Hope we don't get oh. copyrighted. So. 
Oh, with that, again, uh, that was Skate Kitchen, Rayma's recommendation. Now, Watch um, mid-90s. Sorry. No, I, don't. I'm <laughs> sure a lot of our viewers have recognized that since the start, the quality in recommendations have been going down. And that's because I haven't gotten to recommend my movie yet. Fuck you. And my recommendation was good. Hello. <laughs> okay. I like Burning. Well, I recommended it. Of course I liked it, but yeah, shut up. So <laughs> is my recommendation. So if you are looking forward to the trend of bad recommendations ending, uh, stick around to the end of the episode because I have had this movie picked for months now. My recommendation was good. No, it wasn't. I'm yeah, sorry. Lost yeah. Highway was, by good. David Lynch. Yes, Cam, Cam's was my favorite so far Thank out you. of everybody's. Thank uh, well, you. Yeah, you're you're going to recommend the Muppets, so who cares? I'm not going to recommend <gasps> the Oh my god, I hope so! <laughs> okay, I love the Muppets, but I'm not recommending it. I'm not recommending Take the Muppets. It. Yeah, with that, let's get into the debate. So, today's debate, again, is Kill Bill Volume 1, presented by Cam, up against <laughs> Pulp Fiction. <laughs> Presented by Andreas. Motherfucker. Poop fiction. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh. Poop fiction. <laughs> Poop fiction. <laughs> Shut up. All right. Every day we so who's going to kick God. it off? So, um, I don't really know who starts off here. Flip a coin or something. Andreas uh, should go. Coin. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say flip a coin. Yeah, Andreas you, goes. You just go. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. So the plot of Pulp Fiction is pretty simple. There's this briefcase with whatever you want in it and a bunch of people from different areas of California want this, uh, either they want the briefcase or they end up coming into contact with the briefcase in some way shape or form and then their stories kind of intertwine through this briefcase so the main characters that you follow are two hitmen played by John Travolta and Samuel Jackson a mobster and his wife John played Travolta's by kind of hot in it yeah i know uh, a mobster and his wife played by Ving Rhames and Uma Thurman. Then it's Woo! oh, we'll get to her later. Don't worry. And then it's uh, two petty crooks played by I forgot her name and Tim Roth. And then we it's have okay. a boxer and his girlfriend played by Bruce Willis, and I forgot her name as well. And also we have we have a guy named Zed who's just fun and likes to rape people, and he has a katana. That part. Mm, that part wanna, was the I'll, only good part of that, that go. scene was the the line that Marcellus Wallace says at the end of "I'm a go medieval on his ass." <laughs> that yeah. saved the whole scene. But yeah, that's pretty much the plot did of Pulp Fiction. Did it? Um, what I do like about the plot of Pulp Fiction is that it's it's very like not a lot happens when you really break it down. But for a two and a half hour movie, it moves pretty much pretty briskly, with the exception of Bruce Willis's part, which does drag a bit because him and his girlfriend are just not as interesting. I, I mean, I like him with Marcellus, but just those scenes were just with him and his girlfriend were just not not it for me. But everything else with with how the characters interact in terms of like the dialogue, um, all the funny remarks they would do, it, it's just it's it's what made Tarantino Tarantino in my opinion because Reservoir Dogs was much more um, confined. But with Pulp Fiction, you you see where everybody gets the whole Tarantino isms from, and I think that the dialogue does a great job of keeping the movie moving. And also keeps the characters likable and interesting, even though they do pretty terrible things. Like John Travolta literally blows a head off of an innocent person just by accident. That part, and it's the funniest thing funny. ever. That part that was, was funny. Oh, fun fact. Not I think they actually have to change it because originally it was um, he shoots him in the neck and then he's just like writhing in pain in the car and they have to shoot him in the head. 
but John Travolta was like, no, they're going to hate me. So then they changed it to just a clean shot in the head. And it, it, I think it worked better that way. It's just oh, yeah. hilarious. And also Samuel <laughs> Jackson steals the show. I, I mean, just this is where we got the classic Samuel Jackson motherfucker. This is, this is where we got the Samuel Jackson we see in every other movie since. And he had a very, he got a very well-deserved Oscar nomination for it too. Because that was just a fantastic performance. Also, Uma Thurman, this, is this was, I think, her breakthrough role, the role that really got her on the map. And she does a great job, too, for what little screen time she has. Uh, she just plays this very mysterious, very withdrawn uh, mobster wife who just likes to mess around with other guys. And oh, Yeah, also, best part of the whole film. Yeah, for sure. And uh, the scene where they're dancing in the night, in, not the nightclub, the diner, it was just, it's classic for a reason. I mean, everything from the music choice to the dance moves to the way they look at each other, it's, just, it's classic. So that's that's all I have to say about the plot of. Uh, I do of I do fiction. agree with that part. Poop fiction. Um, I wanted to add that Bruce Willis's part so boring. Yeah. I and I, I love I love Bruce. Really? I love Bruce Willis. I hate, really? I love I hate him. him. He's such yes. an asshole. Yeah. But that part of the film. I don't know anything was about him. So boring. He's lazy. Yeah. All right. So my any questions Bruce Willis for movie him? Is glass. I'm sorry. Oh my god. <laughs> Different case. The Bruce Willis section was my favorite part of that movie. Same. Really? Yeah. Of glass. I, I really liked for it. Pulp fiction. Like like no joke. You do you like the pulp, what, the Bruce Willis part? I mean it oh, was, I do. It was definitely I tied do. with the boring. Um, with the it's ending. Great. Part. No, but I mean it's I'm so saying much fun. That yeah, okay, I, the part I, with him and Marcellus is fun. Yeah, but the part I, with him and no, Marcellus no. On topic, on topic, on topic, Cam go. All right, so the plot and characters for Kill Bill. I think this is Tarantino's best film. Personally, you know me, you know, I've seen it so many times. And it really is just all of his passions and inspirations thrown into one giant epic film, if we are counting one and two, but we're just counting one here. But um, it's really just your basic revenge film. and But it's done so satisfyingly, and it's always a treat to watch. The plot, it's great. It's simple. It's just the bride going through her kill list. But the over-the-top fight scenes and violence mm-hmm. mixed with the witty dialogue, it's just so great. And at its core, it is extremely Tarantino. And chapter five of the film, that is oh, just yeah. one of the greatest things in cinematic history. What was, um, was that chapter the crazy 88 fight? The battle, yeah. The showdown oh, right. at the... House of Blue Leaves or whatever. That was fantastic. Yes. And it's just an entertaining build up to Uma Thurman going absolutely ham against 99 people. 88 people. My bad. And like the film, it's completely unrealistic. And a lot of the scenes are, but it's just so entertaining. It's just a bloodbath. And it's it's just so great and the way it's directed and narrated it's just so unique and exciting to experience and the characters they're super dope too obviously the bride is the best character and we see her narrate and talk about all the other assassins and how they became assassins and whatever but um she's just one of the most badass women in cinema and like the other characters too, L Driver. Um, we don't see much of her in Volume One, but it leaves you wanting more of her. The same with Bill; he's not in it much either. But and that that's what makes him such a great villain because he's interesting, 
and he gets a tiny amount of screen time, but it leaves you wanting to watch the second one and see why he does the things that he does and why he's just straight up vile. And that's why he's such a great villain. Um, and then Oren Ishii, God, she's just so epic. And oh, yeah, um, that scene where she where the the the, um, the meeting room was fantastic. Oh this yeah, my favorite. The so anime true. scene, man. Oh, that was great. Yeah. I was yeah. not expecting that. Yeah, I'll be getting on that later. DJ, was um, this your first time watching Kill Bill? Yeah, I've only seen part one. I haven't seen volume two. Oh. Yeah, so that's um the plot and characters. Like, there's just great chemistry throughout the whole thing. Uh, simple plot, but super entertaining. Literally, just you know, Tarantino's fantasy revenge film, and it's great. I love it. Lots of no, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get to later. that. We'll get to that. I, yeah, I'll be getting to that. <laughs> yeah, that's Kill Bill. Any questions? No. Okay. All right. Let's just let's just go right into acting. Let's just move right on. All right. All right. So okay, we can okay we cannot talk about the acting in Pulp Fiction without talking about our Lord and Savior John Travolta and his fantastic comeback because. <laughs> It's good to look at it in the context of when it was released in 1994, because by that point, John Travolta had lost like all of his momentum from Saturday Night Fever in the 1970, like the late 70s. Same thing with Greece. So he was pretty much like a has been in the 80s, and then Quentin Tarantino just like walked up to his apartment, was like here, have a script, and then it was just such a fantastic role for him. He just he really plays. He likes his... to do that, Tarantino. Yeah, he does, and uh, he is just... John Travolta kills it. Unfortunately, he he killed his career too. In four years after Battlefield Earth, but we'll not, we won't talk about that. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, but it's just, it's such a fantastic role for someone who has a lot of, like, he has a lot of presence in Hollywood, even though he was a has-been. So it's great to see, a ve- like, a veteran actor, if you will, take on that role. And it's also good to pair him with a newbie, or a relative newbie, because Samuel Jackson had been acting for, like, ten years by that point, but he never got any, like, big roles outside of Spike Lee movies. And Pulp Fiction was his big, you know, his big break and you just you got to see again as i said before you got to see Samuel jackson in his most samuel jackson-ist way and it's just it's fantastic uh, every time it's his motherfucker i love it uh his speech with uh ezekiel 2517 is classic and it's one of the best scenes ever made sorry and... my dog's like it's really loud that's okay <laughs> I'm trying not to get him on the mic <laughs> <laughs> it's all right and uh so that those are the hitmen only and then you have supporting characters like Uma Thurman, it is Mia Wallace again. Classic performance, classic look, too. Amen, amen. Ving Rhames, it's just fantastic. I love, I love the the bandage on the back of his head, and the theory that, that this, his soul was in the briefcase. That's why he wanted it so much. And I just, I he has such great one liners too. And Bruce Willis, you know, even though he's part of the most uninteresting uh, portion of the film, in my opinion, I thought his mm-hmm. performance was pretty good. You know, it wasn't underacted, overacted. It was pretty good. For what it was. What? Is that the dog? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I'm trying to <laughs> What's like... he doing? He's just he this just how he breeds all day long. Oh he's my sitting God. under me and oh he's God. just breathing. Good That's wolf. Funny. He's loud. I'm, good, so, I'm good, sorry. Good it's okay. You're good, you're good. So then okay, so then we have Ving Rames and then uh Bruce Willis does a good job. Tim Roth, uh she does he, Tim Roth and the other girl, hold on, I'm gonna look her up really quickly. Give me like two seconds. Uh, honey Bunny. Yeah, Tim Roth yeah, and like Honey, honey Bunny. Bunny. They're fantastic. Yeah. They open up the film in such a fantastic way, and they close it in a fantastic way too. I mean, just how the film. Okay, Amanda Plummer. That's her name. 
So Tim Roth and Amanda Plummer, they open up the film in such a great way by basically like detailing how the plot's going to go for the rest of the movie and then they close it in such a fantastic way with the actual robbery happening. I, I love it to death. I love how it's different every time you see it. It's just, it's great. And those are pretty much all of the characters that are worth mentioning. Also, Steve Buscemi as the waiter is classic. You gotta mention Tarantino's character, dude. Oh, uh, yeah, when he said the N-word. <laughs> so, like, yeah, Tarantino. 20 times? Yeah, that scene has not aged well. Um, but, well, it was never right to begin with. Let's let's put that one out there, but I think it was yeah. at that time, whether you like it or not. But I think his, his performance... I mean, as a director, primarily, he's not a bad actor. He was entertaining. I he think, was great. I think him saying dead N-word storage over and over was just became... <laughs> it went from shocking to yeah. hilarious just because of how absurd the phrase was. And, and again, yeah, not condoning the use of the word. I'm just saying like, it was just completely absurd, and it worked in yeah. the film. But I think... I don't know. It's not my favorite of his performances in other films. I think his performance in Django Unchained is, like, the best one. <laughs> Because he gets blown up in that one, but he's he's so, honestly pretty all right in Dust Till Dawn also though. Oh, I love him in that one too. I forgot. I forgot. Yeah, that's a great that's movie. That's the movie where his foot fetish literally kills him. Oh, except when he sucks that girl's toes. Exactly, that's what kills so him. I did not want to see that. I did not want to see that. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, those so are pretty much questions? all of the all the performances worth talking about. Any True. questions? Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Oh, almost, so now I forgot about one character. About... I'm sorry. I almost forgot about one character. Um, it's okay. Freaking Harvey Keitel as the wolf. He is mm-hmm. so cool, so collected. I love Harvey Keitel and everything he's in. I love him in Reservoir Dogs. I just I think this is his role. It's just, it's fantastic for a supporting character. I mean, when when John Travolta and Samuel Jackson are just freaking out about the whole Marvin situation, he's just calm and collected and just puts them on their way. I love that. So yeah. Oh my god, Christopher Walken. Oh, that was also, I was expecting that. scene was hilarious. I love it. That's the best part of the Butch. But yeah, this is the last person I'll talk about. I love it. I totally forgot about that scene. I think it's so pointless and so just boring. Like, who cares? It's it's pointless, but uh, not really because it sets up the watch, which is part of the story. Yeah, I know it's part of of the story, but bro, who cares? It's, It's entertaining. No offense. That, no, that's like a lot of yeah. the thing. With, that's a lot of the criticism that can be held upon Quentin Tarantino, even up to his latest film, is that a lot of the scenes don't really have a purpose besides just being entertaining dialogue and just take it or leave it. So, and I took it. So. That's true. I I didn't take that one. Okay, but here's the acting um for Kill Bill. It's interesting. Like I said before, there's lots of witty dialogue, and sometimes I guess you can say it might fall flat a little, and it might be a little cheesy. But I think that's what adds a lot of charm to it. But Uma Thurman, she just obviously is, it's all about her in this film. She's so incredible. And Tarantino made that role specifically for her. He literally delayed the start of production because she was pregnant. It it was that serious. Sorry, he just jumped on me. (laughs) Okay, but he was that serious about her taking over that role and she definitely took it over i just couldn't see anyone else playing the bride like uma did so she definitely did great there and it's a physically and emotionally draining role to play i personally would never want to work for tarantino so she did great with that and uma thurman is one of my favorite actresses 
So yeah, and in regards to the rest of the cast, everyone is amazing, um, especially David Carradine. Even though he's hardly in um, this one, um, it's just super iconic, and he's great in two. Even though we're not talking about two, but the little bits that we see of him really makes us wanting more of his character. And um, I also want to talk about that one scene between Uma Thurman and Sonny Chiba, who plays Hattori Hanzo, when they oh, first yeah. meet up in his little That's restaurant, great. you know? Okay, yeah. that part that, that part is so cute. Um, it It's so genuine, and it doesn't even feel like acting. It just literally feels like people meeting up, just having a wholesome, cute, genuine conversation, and... You know, that's hard to do. It's, yeah, yeah, it's hard to do. And I just thought it was really great. And I'm always really drawn into that scene for some reason, every time. So yeah, every role in this film is perfect. Everyone plays their role perfectly. And it's just, it's just great to watch every time. So yeah, that's acting for Kill Bill. Any questions? You guys are doing great, by the way. I'm, yeah, I'm like, really is, having I don't a hard decision. I know. Yeah. Oh, God. I have, I have one question. You guys are covering like everything. All right. Well, uh, yeah. well I let me a comment. Um, I think that David Carradine's performance is accentuated if you take into account like how he was such a big star from those cheesy kung fu action shows from the seventies. Yeah, yeah. Where he pretty yeah. much plays the same characters. This really cool, um, like underplayed cowboy type character. So I think that for, if you know yeah. David Carradine's um rapport in terms of like what he's acted in before, his like built like. The mystery of Bill is kind of filled in for you, or you fill it in yourself in Volume One, especially. So I think that yeah, and that's it. that's how he plays the role so perfectly too. Because I mean, it is a cheesy kung fu film. It's just over the top, bonkers, and he he's great as Bill. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, a movie that's where that. where someone gets their head cut off and it's just like gallons of blood spurting out can never be taken seriously, <laughs> and the movie knows that. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, I got to switch it to black and white to get that, past the that, ratings. Yeah, that was done. Uh, I got something about that, too. I got something about that, too. All, All right. right, so next category, well, technical. Technical time. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, I'll start. Um, you're just start, yeah. Yeah, yeah take okay, it away. I got this. All right. So, Pulp Fiction is not a very technically demanding movie, I wouldn't say. It's not a movie that has, you know, big visual effects or really big noteworthy moments that are... Uh, very ostentatious or in your face. I think the most in your face scene is the long take in the beginning where John Travolta and Samuel L. Jackson are walking to to see Brett, you know, where the whole Ezekiel 2517 scene yeah. uh, takes place. That's just a long take that is just tracking them through um like uh, an apartment complex. It's not very, com- I wouldn't say it's, well, it's complex in the fact that the actors have to memorize their line, but I wouldn't say it's very, you know, like it's not Birdman levels of you know crazy with the one take stuff. It's just it's a very, I, I mean I'm not undermining the effort that took that had to have taken place to get that take done, but it's it's something that's more subtle, and that's really yeah where Pulp Fiction shines because it understands that with the movie like that, which is so reliant on the dialogue and the characters, that sometimes you know the technical stuff of filmmaking has to take a step back and be invisible. Like with the editing. I mean, it can, it's a little, you know, out there when it comes to the other types of movies. But again, it's not in your face editing. It just it lets the scene breathe, lets the actors do their thing, which I love and respect because it lets the script shine through, which it, it should have. And it absolutely has to for the movie to work. So that's really it for technical. Just it's just it takes the backseat to the script, which is perfect for the movie. Well, it's like CGI. If it's really good, you barely notice it. Exactly. 
when it's really yeah, bad, it stands sense. out. Yeah. Black Panther. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, on to- they, had, they had two weeks to work on that. Wow, we've been misogynistic and racist this episode. <laughs> oh, man. It's exciting. Oh, my. Kill Bill, right. can't. Okay. Uh, the technical aspects of Kill Bill, they're super interesting. I personally love the way it's shot, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of nice cinematography and camera work involved. Um, yeah, lots of yellow. Um, for example, when the bride is about to fight the crazy 88, you got that camera facing her, then the slow pan up and over her head, and you see what she's up against. Yeah, that like that. That uh, that is so hot. Then there's the switch to black and white when she rips out the dude's eyeball. And I personally hate that, but I get it because, you know, ratings, blah, it's blah, blah. Stupid. It is stupid. Like I the ratings, want no, but the I, whole... I applaud the film for being creative about it. Yes, I want a Blu-ray release of the whole bloody affair. Well, That's all it. I want. It's the Japanese know. version yeah. that no. has the... Um, yeah. That yeah. Has the, the no black like, and white. Look, Quentin Tarantino, if you're listening, I know you have the power to release it, so just do it. We will send Anyways. some picks for it, okay? Yes, yes, I will. I really will. Okay, back on track. <laughs> um, um, then there's the whole soundtrack. Every Tarantino movie obviously has got that wicked soundtrack that just gets you super hyped up and stuff. But this one is something else. Um, for example, at the beginning of the film, right after the bride gets shot, and bang bang by nancy sinatra plays bro that is genius that is just amazing exactly and the whole anime sequence impeccable i i i love anime and that seeing that conjoin into just like it adds even more levels of crazy to the film it's so over the top violent and unexpected and it's just so cool. So obviously some parts can be a tad bit cheesy, but like I said it does add charm to the film. It is trying to be and kind of does achieve the kind of campy kung fu old stuff from the 70s and I think it does it perfectly. So it's just extremely incredible and extremely memorable and really well done. So that's technical for Kill Bill. Can I say two things? Yes. Um, two things that I think are worth mentioning about Kill Bill, uh, which you basically did mention, but um, the the long take in the final battle sequence right before it starts, going through the entire place, like following Charlie Brown and through the band yeah, yeah. and the crowd mm-hmm. and everything, is beautiful. It's it's one of the best shots in cinematic history. And on the topic of best things in cinematic history, I think Kill Bill has one of the best scores to any movie ever yeah the like the musical score not only just the soundtrack but like the score is just absolutely incredible yeah the it's score is by great. far one of my favorite musical scores to end movie ever it's so good like there's times where like you just put that on and just feel like the coolest person yeah around. i agree i do <laughs> yeah, that too in the soundtrack too again like there are songs that weren't from kill bill like green hornet theme that whenever i hear it now i just i think of kill bill my favorite track is probably the one that plays during the anime scene i love mm-hmm. it it's so good yeah that one's okay, great any, any last questions or comments no. All right. No. Category four. Go. Feet. All right. I will make this very quick and simple. Okay. Look, Kill Bill. You might have a, a nice elongated shot of Uma Thurman's feet, and uh, you know maybe a nice little undershot of her her shoes saying "fuck you." But you know what? You know what? Mm-hmm. Fiction has the debut of Uma Thurman's feet on celluloid. Okay. Pulp Fiction walked, <laughs> so true. Kill that Bill could run, 
and that's my that is argument. true. Literally, Andreas uh-huh. wins. Andreas wins that. I didn't one. even finish. I didn't even say mine. <laughs> mine. Mine's really thought out. Okay, so the feet. And, <laughs> I'm serious. The feet and Kill Bill, very good. Um, <laughs> Uma Thurman's Uma Thurman's feet are really weird looking, but they do play a vital role in the film. There's, there's no. Hold on. There's literally a whole scene dedicated to her getting back on her feet because she literally could not walk because she just got out of a coma. So she's getting back on her feet so she could do what she was really destined to do. And it's just really inspiring. When she says wiggle your big toe, (laughs) I think that can be super inspiring to anyone. And if you think about it, that quote is basically saying... To get going and get motivated to do what you need to do, that is the feat for Kill Bill. Okay. In, in the movie, they skip 13 hours. I wish there were a 13 hour cut of her feet. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Impact time, baby. Right, any questions? We're just going into back. No elaboration. That's it. Okay. So, no questions. Okay, okay. Impact time, baby. All right. So, Pulp Fiction, it was like the tempo film of that whole 90s Miramax revolution. You know, that whole Weinstein revolution that he had with indie films? I mean, fuck Harvey Weinstein for sure, but some great movies came Period. out of that. So True. I really have to give it to Quentin Tarantino for giving nonlinear storytelling, which is very much a, a, like, a, a staple of French New Wave films in the 60s and 70s and bringing it to American audiences in a very mainstream way. And nowadays, whenever there's a film that's nonlinear and has a lot of dialogue, it's, it's seen as a Pulp Fiction wannabe. And oftentimes those movies who Why actually... Sorry. <laughs> <Shut> up. <laughs> Those movies that actually like are Pulp Fiction wannabes end up falling flat because no one can write that kind of dialogue like Tarantino can, and it's just it's gonna be there's gonna be a very big hole left in Hollywood once he makes his last movie, whatever that may be. So that he's is he's not my, gonna stop. I mean, he's, he's, he's still gonna lying. stick around, but he's not gonna make movies. I don't. I, oh, that's yeah. my thing. But that's the impact for Pulp Fiction. It really brought a whole. Uh, underappreciated style of filmmaking to the masses and led to it becoming very popular today. Also, it also feet. brought about it also brought about really wannabe indie boys who are douchebags. Okay, yeah. impact, impact for Kill Bill. Thanks for thanks for. Right. We wouldn't the... have Boondock Saints without Pulp Fiction, though. We wouldn't have Boondock Saints without Pulp Fiction. Fair Just enough. think about uh, that. Yeah. Okay, I actually think that Kill Bill has a pretty big impact on the film industry. Obviously, all of Tarantino's films kind of do, but this one just sticks out a lot because of a badass female main character who literally is just on a rampage to get revenge, and I personally think that's super dope. I think that idea has inspired many other films and filmmakers in the industry, and it's just a super unique film with a perfect blend of suspense, action, violence, anime, insane fight scenes. And it's just great every time. And I still feel the same excitement watching it that I did the first time I watched it. And that's kind of hard for movies. So, I agree. yeah, that's the impact of Kill Bill. It's made a big one on the film industry. Oh, this is a, this also, is a tough one. Also, oh, um... There's a song called Chill Bill. Literally. Um, yeah, by Rob Stone. It actually goes hard, too. Literally. Yes, and the like first 10 seconds is the whistle. So There you go. And that, Amen. That, that's our, our argument. So time that's for the, the debate for now. To, 
judge. So in conclusion, no, Uma first. Thurman is hot. Oh my god. Rima, did you just I call the first? I don't know if I want to be Uma Thurman or if I want to marry her. Amen. I don't know. Okay. So, so for plots and characters. One sense. Um, Keep it one sense. Don't go on a whole tangent, please. No, no, I am. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to kill you. <laughs> well, no, I mean, like, I'm going to keep it. No, she's doing one sentence. Oh, okay, good. All right. <laughs> Easy, I'm going to go I'm... off for 10 minutes now because of you. Thank ah. you. <laughs> um, I'm going to give it to Andres. I think oh. when he mentioned um, the Samuel L. Jackson part and how saying that the movie made Tarantino was like, you know, Tarantino, that whole part, I think that was really important. <laughs> I would have next. more to say, but I'm not allowed. Yeah, thank you. John, you want to go next? I'll go last. I'll go next, yeah. Um, for plot and characters, I'm also going to have to pick Andreas. I like how he specified um, each individual character, their, even even their cons to the story, not just their pros. Um, and I, uh, yeah, I'm picking him. I like oh. you too, Cam, but I'm picking him. Dang, I'm going. I'm going with Cam for this one. I just I like the. The presentation of that Kill Bill was like, it's such a simple plot, but it's just so satisfying to watch. Amen. So round one plot goes to Pulp Fiction 2 I to I still one. like your recommendation the best, Cam, so. Oh, Thank you, you haven't heard I'll, mine yet. I'll keep that in <laughs> mind. Acting, no. acting, I give it uh, to Cam because when you um, started uh, explaining everything, you went extremely into depth Well. On this, you're kind of like John Travolta and everyone else. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that performance just—it it meant a lot in the in the context of when the movie came out, so that's why. But yeah. No, you're great. Thank you. You're great. Love you platonically. Me too. Platonically. Yeah, this is hard. That's what she's. Oh my God. Next. John. Yeah. All right. I am going uh, with Cam for this one. Keep it short and sweet. Just going I feel like John and I are going to cool. have the same people. This is, okay, uh, big surprise. I'm going against the grain again. I was going to give it to Andres just because of John Travolta, but okay. Thank you. Dang it. Someone who you never mentioned the fanatic, therefore I cannot give it to <laughs> I was surprised. <laughs> I was waiting for it. Oh, okay. I forgot about but, that. Okay, so that one, so acting goes to Kill Bill 2 to 1. Okay, technical. I also give that to Cam because I feel like she basically just talked about the entire movie as a whole and highlighted specific scenes that were very, very crucial to the technical aspects. So true. All right, uh, Rima said everything I was going to say. I'm going with Cam. Uh, yep, same thing. Honestly, nothing else to say. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So tech also goes to Kill Bill 3 None. Feet? Oh. Andres. Oh. <laughs> That's Feet, it. Feet is Andreas? I'm going with Andreas for feet also. I enjoyed his statement. What? Closing remarks. I love how he even, he, he, yes, exactly. He mentioned, he used feet as a metaphor in his literally an entire I segment of about her getting back I on her feet. Oh I my God. Down I'm so going hard. for Andreas. I'm I've never been mad about, I've never been, oh my God. 
I'm sorry. Oh my Tim. god. I, I don't know what to think. I've never been mad about a vote, but this is the maddest I've been about a vote. <laughs> I am so sorry. I'm honestly as disappointed as you are, Cam. I'm not gonna lie. I, knew, I, knew I broke it down so, so hard. But football <laughs> fiction created the feat. Okay, but this one was just so metaphorical. I can't I can't believe Cam, that. I loved your response, Cam. But <sighs> then I gotta why go didn't with the you boy. vote? I gotta for go me. with the man. Make a Ooh. pun with feet. Exactly. I, I, I didn't I mean that. Pun. That was not intentional. Thank you, Rayma. So, so did I. She was getting back on her feet. So she could do what she was destined to do. Just like all... Pulp Fiction, we Andrea can... no. said it first. We can Sorry. all learn from it. Oh, I thought it first. PJ? I thought it first. Breaks. It's now I'm that we never make another podcast. I'm shocked. Uh, I'm shocked. PJ, goes two to one for Pulp Fiction. We are tied. Okay, impact. Um... I give it to Cam. That, I'm not. That's not even a sympathy vote. Like I genuinely have you written. Um, yeah, I think that when you were talking about Kill Bill, you highlighted all the stuff that is. I can. Who the fuck is breathing that Probably hard? Was John that Cam dog. or the dog? Yeah, he, dog. He's, he's over here. I'm sorry. It's I'm okay. sorry. I thought, I thought Cam was really, really he's angry. Like, <laughs> I, no, I still am. I'll never forget this. <laughs> this is your Joker moment. Uh, this is my Joker moment. Well, Cam, uh, I'm here to uh, bring you some good news. I'm picking you for Impact. Okay, but I'm still not forgiving you. Oh my god, I'm sorry! What?! I'm not forgiving you, John, but thank you. This was bound to be a controversial episode. <laughs> it's so... It, yeah, god. I liked how you continued to mention how even now, 17 years later, it's still making an impact. Yeah. On art... It, in general, yeah, it's definitely. I'm going with you. Oh my god! Thank you, John. Fiction pretentious guy no thing triggered me. Oh. You're well. I knew I should have mentioned that. Um, I, I mean, I, I my vote goes to Pulp Fiction, but it doesn't matter. Pulp. Oh my god! I can't. Just say yeah. what you were gonna say. No, I'm just. I'm just mad at the both of you. Like this and the combination of the feet thing. I'm just like. Thank you. I'm still mad about Look, the feet as my well. Fa- my proudest achievement is that I won the feet category. That 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 that's all for me. <laughs> yes, that that's great. That's all that I, I can't do. This. So at the I end of the day, Kill Bill won Impact two to one, which Ooh. means that Kill Bill is the winner for today's episode of Ticket Snubs. Woo! Cam has gone three times Sorry, without even losing once. I am on fire. And job, oh man. boy! Thank you. So mad All about right, the PJ. Feet. What's this recommendation of yours you've been hyping up? Oh my god! The Muppets. I have been waiting. Two girls, one cup. Oh my Wait, god. PJ, no! is, it, is it? Can I? Can I ask a question? Is it going to be something intentionally like stupid? You cannot ask a question about it All because right. if it's, you it's just troll it's troll it's troll about to reveal it, I'm going to be forever mad at you. All right, it's just do it. just I'm say going it. to read the description for the film. Oh my do we have to guess? Do we have to guess? <laughs> no, no, just no. Read it. Just don't say it. anything. Do not say anything. Just let me read okay. it. Yes, sir. Hold in your thoughts. <clears throat> a platoon of eagles and vultures attack the residents hey. of a small oh, no. town. PG. Many no. people die. What caused the flying menace to attack? Two people managed to fight back, but will they survive? Birdemic? Oh my god! 
this coming. Do you want to stop the bad movies? Next recommendation. I should have seen this coming. Didn't you want to stop the bad movies? Yeah. This is a 10 out of 10 film. He said Lost Highway was bad and he recommends Birdemic. You know what? You know what? I've had to sit through this trash. You have to sit through mine. You have to sit through mine. At least our films are competently made. Wait, 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 wait. Wait. Birdemic is not. We're going to have a question. Yep. Yes. Birdemic Shock and Terror or Birdemic 2 The Resurrection? (laughs) Shock and Terror. Both are. Both are masterpieces, but Let you need to watch the first. Why don't we watch both? P- no. I can't, TJ, where, where can we watch Birdemic, Birdemic Shock and Terror? I can't rewatch Birdemic 2, but I can rewatch Birdemic Shock and Terror. Where, where can we watch Shock and Terror? Uh, I could send you a link. Right. Is it on YouTube? Uh, no. Okay. Alright. Added it to my so watch you'll list. Have to rent you guys have never. Wait. Who, who here has not seen Birdemic? I've never, I have seen, never seen the full film, but I've seen clips. Oh, really? Oh my never god. I've never seen clips, but I just know Birdemic is like an objectively bad movie. That's all I know about it. I awful. love movies like that. Because I, I, I saw a Vice documentary on it about it being the worst movie ever. I'm kind of excited now. I'm watching a movie than I have during I Birdemic. Recommended Birdemic. Okay, I'm excited now. What, right. were, what were my other ideas for recommendations? Birdemic was kind of always the big one. I'm not gonna lie. Why? Because I don't know. I just wanted. I really wanted <laughs> to make you guys have to sit through this movie. I like bad movies. You're gonna so... nominate Jurassic Shark next week. Oh god. Well, um, next week is is John. Yes, oh, and god. I have I've had mine ready since. I'm day scared. One. Of yeah, guys. you guys should. Be, wait, should are we be. having a guest next episode? <laughs> oh, next week. Yeah, we oh, might yeah, have a guest. Uh, Who knows? Wait, no, 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 no. Wait, no. Right? And uh, are we talking about? Does someone else have a guest? No, 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 not your guest, John. PJ's, PJ has okay. a guest that he wants to bring on. Ooh, PJ! It's yeah. Travis. So... Oh, gosh. <laughs> I don't, I don't I know who that is. I haven't in a long time. Uh, neither, we'll, we'll see if he see. actually shows up, but we might have Travis come in for next week's episode where we will be debating Truman Show, the greatest film ever made, up against uh, the Grand Budapest Hotel. It will be myself versus Rayma. So this uh, is gonna be both that. of us screaming at each other. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is this has been what a lot of just I don't even know what I to call think it. This today's point. the first day that I've ever screamed at one of y'all. Today was definitely my most vocal episode yet. I think I had every right to scream at y'all though. I I just I'm oh, still I'm in gonna shock. come through. I'm gonna come through. I want to beat PJ. Okay. Sure. So Rayma, Rayma, I love you, Rayma, but Truman is a lot better than Grand Budapest. Okay, but we're not. We're not. We're not. I know we're judging it on the argument. We're debating which one argue is better. I know. I know. I'm just stating my. Without further ado, thank you everybody at home for listening. Oh yes. And if you're above the age of sixty, we love you. Because I just checked our analytics, and like twenty percent of our viewers are over the age of sixty. So if you're actually over sixty, we love you. Yeah, what is that um, and about? And if you're a woman, then you're a majority here, because over 67% of our viewers are women. So congratulations. Thank you. And um, Thank you, women. Yeah, thank you, women. And thank you, Larson. You have something to say, right? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, to close off this episode, to quote the 1989 film Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, if you guys are really us, what number are we thinking of? 69. 69, dude. 69. And with that, 
Thanks for watching Ticket Snubs. Good night and take care of yourselves. And everybody have a great day.